Election College, episode 237. This is the one where Ben actually runs. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. So, Ben, you left everybody hanging. You went in. Hanging chads. That's right. There are no hanging chads on the ballots anymore, I don't think. Does anybody have hanging chads still? (laughs) I don't know, actually. I don't know if everything's digital now or not. That's so 2000 of me. So you get your 100 signatures, people who are saying, yeah, this dude should be on the ballot. And you just finished saying, hey, everybody who wants to be on the ballot should be on the ballot. So ladies and gentlemen, if you want to do something impactful and get involved in your city government, you can do that. Get 100 people. You probably shouldn't pay them. No, definitely shouldn't pay them. No, and that, that's not what you did. Um, but you go in uh, to what office? Like you just show up at the clerk's office and say, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Put me on. Well, I mean, it might be different in every city, but in Butler County here, we have an elections bureau uh, and they are in the county courthouse. And so, yeah, there's a elections head and, uh, you know, they have all the paperwork and stuff like that for you. So, um Again, your city, depending on that size or structure, may be different. You may have to go to the county, depending on where that is. Um, but it all—it was all pretty easy for me uh, and accessible because I live not even half a mile away from the courthouse where that office is located. So the hardest thing for me was if I had to drive finding parking. <laughs> so uh, it was pretty—it was pretty simple to get on the ballot. And so you get on the ballot, and then you are actually running against the incumbent in the primary what was that like well it was pretty tough and i think it sometimes it may have even been intimidating even though i wasn't ever you know scared but i was oftentimes um not not even nervous but you know am am i going to take down an individual who is um is already the mayor who has this knowledge that you know some of it i just don't have who has this a little bit of experience who has some age on me as well. And uh, it was, it was tough. And, and the problem was not as much that just that, you know, that individual was the incumbent and remind you that uh, again, Pennsylvania is a closed primary system. So you can only vote for your party and you have to run for your party's nomination, just like, you know, in like the, the national scene, but uh, I was running for the same party. So I was running for the same party in the primary, which is you typically aren't going to be, an incumbent in the primary in a state like Pennsylvania. And uh, so I was running against that individual and I got a lot of um, heat, I guess you could say, you know, there were, there were times where um, I was pressured into, uh, or, you know, pressed into the weird situations. I was asked to answer some strange questions. Uh, There were times where maybe coincidentally and maybe not, uh, I haven't, you know, still haven't determined that and maybe it doesn't matter now, but uh, a couple of times I was followed home uh, 
by the police, which, hey, maybe they were there to protect me because they knew something was going to happen. Or maybe they were there at, you know, the command of their, their superior, which they didn't have any control over. Um, but, you know, things like that, that kind of felt intimidating, whether or not they were meant to be. And uh, so, you know, the, the, the reasons that I felt uncomfortable at times were some of the same reasons I decided to run, which was I didn't think the individual in charge for many reasons should have remained in charge. And I thought, it, you know, it was a good opportunity to make sure that we saw a little bit of a change. So what was it like? OK, so, you know national office you say you're gonna you're gonna run and you're gonna get a certain amount of media attention well butler isn't exactly the largest city in pennsylvania right (laughs) it's it's the county seat where i'm sure there's different media outlets that are specific to um that area but what kind of how do you get the word out how who is the um Who's going to drop a, a surprise bomb on, you know, a news station or something like that? Like, what's that like, especially in the primary? Yeah, well, I mean, I, from the very get-go, decided that I didn't want my, quote, team to be very large. Um, I've always, probably to a fault, been a bit of a self-starter, go-getter, kind of want to do things on my own. And so I really had a few people that I trusted, but mostly one individual, my buddy Dustin, uh, who was kind of behind me 100%. And of course, I had other people I knew were behind me, but uh, he was kind of an individual that I leaned on pretty heavily. So we actually, I mean, I spent a while crafting my website and a while setting up my mailing list and a while, you know, designing logo and and all sorts of stuff um but he and i put together a short little video just to introduce myself and um it wasn't terribly long it honestly wasn't terribly profound it was just kind of introducing myself saying my very brief vision for the city and then we posted that on facebook um sent it to the uh, local newspaper and the local radio station and then i sent out some press releases to those same uh stations and i think within like couple days um it had 25 or thirty thousand views on facebook don't get me wrong that doesn't sound like a lot but for a city of fourteen thousand, many of those are uh you know elderly or children that that's quite a bit uh, at least from the way where i'm looking at it so it was um it, a lot of the way i got the word out was through social media and uh, of course as we talk i'm sure i'll just you know we'll talk about the fact that you can't do everything on social media for something like politics, but it certainly helps with at least getting the word out and spreading the message because people talk. And then what was that like as far as, was there a debate or some sort of forum where you could, I don't know, confront the other candidates? Yeah. So we were invited to a debate that was uh, held, you know, slightly before the primary. And it was actually, there were three Republican candidates, um, which I ran on the Republican ticket for those of you who are curious and um there was one democrat democratic candidate and uh she was actually invited to the debate as well which you know she thought was odd and many of the other individuals thought was odd but it was still a good opportunity to get that face time with with city individuals so there were um, four of us total and we were invited to a a debate um and i don't even mention you know independence or anything like that and and you know kind of the reasons why certain people run in certain with certain parties in small towns or small counties is because you know really 
there isn't an opportunity for third parties or uh, even um, independents to get on a ballot in, in a city or a county or even state like Pennsylvania. So there were four of us total uh, that participated in the debate. And I got to be honest, it was kind of a a letdown for me because I spent, you know, well, a lo- my life developing opinions, but a good six months prior to that, working on a plan, um, hammering out details. And of course, I'd shared m- much of that with individuals and uh, on a one-on-one basis. And of course, through social media and stuff like that. But I was hoping to get the opportunity to really kind of you know, hey, this is what I think, and here's why what you're doing or what you think is wrong. And not that I wanted to pin anybody down and, and beat them, uh, but what I really wanted to do was be able to just show that, hey, this is what I think. This is why I think what's happening now is bad. And really, it was, um, you know, it it wasn't that. The the questions were very much. I hate to use the term softball because I don't know that they were softballs on purpose, um, but they were just questions that kind of there wasn't a whole lot of nuance to. Very few of them people disagreed with and and you know we all had kind of a um at least during this primary debate all had kind of a similar approach to things because some of the questions were things like you know how do you approach communication would you be open to speaking with your constituents and nobody's going to say no to that question and and of course you know everybody should want to do those things but uh it was it was one of those questions where you're like well is is that really going to help people decide on who they want to vote for uh, I don't think so. So it, in my opinion, it was a little disappointing, but still it got our faces, all of us candidates in front of a lot of people. It was aired on the local television and stuff like that. So it was a good opportunity. So I'm going to give something away. You win the primary. Uh-huh. Yep. And that leads me to the question of, okay, you mentioned getting in front of maybe elderly people who may not uh, be on Facebook or may not, be, I don't know, interacting at all, uh, on, on any digital platform. Um, how, how was this approach? Cause basically you run Facebook ads. It's similar whether you're running on just the, to get your party's nomination in the primary and then to win the, the general election. How, what was your approach there? Was it different from the primary to the general election when it came to some of the, I, I guess we say conventional, it doesn't seem conventional anymore, but more conventional where it's like, okay, you need to shake hands and kiss babies. And sure. So on. Well, I mean, it was different in a way, but uh, it wasn't totally different because before the primary i understood that the only way you were going i was going to win uh, an election was or a primary was to get out and meet people uh so before the primary i think i knocked on it doesn't sound like a whole lot but about 1800 doors and uh it certainly felt like a lot of course and especially in february march april where it was kind of chilly uh rather chilly at some points so I can just continued that approach, uh, and of course, you know, me being a, an analytical guy, I was I was very focused on who I was visiting and who I was talking with, and that continued through the rest of the uh, you know the rest of the summer and into the fall, and I you know became less and less picky on who I was visiting and wanted to reach into more and more homes and be able to talk to more people, uh, but at the beginning it was you know very much 
okay, these are the people who always vote every time. These are the people who are, you know, are going to be diehard um, party line people. So maybe if you know these people are hardline the one way or the other, you either do or don't go to them. You know, then you got to worry about the people who are kind of a mixed bag. And you can tell a lot of that from the election records and the, and the list that they keep and that are available to candidates for purposes of campaigning. And um, by no means are the people who aren't part of that list importance, but the people who are part of that list are just extra importance. And there are people that you really want to connect with because they're the people who are going out and casting their votes and exercising their right and making those decisions. So those are the people that are want to be involved. So get them involved. So, yeah, I mean, it did change a little bit that I became a little uh, maybe even a little less uh, selective about who I hit. Um, you know, who, whose doors I knocked on and who I met with. But as far as you know, my overall strategy, the, uh, the party did end up stepping in and offering some of their help um, about a month prior to the election. And um, they didn't tell me everything that happened, the, everything they did. There were a few things they asked me if I wanted them to do, but um, pretty much anything that they uh, paid for or ran or uh, designed or anything like that, um, if, you know, basically if their name was on it, I didn't really touch it. The, you know, they kind of funneled the money through, did a little interview with me about what I was standing for and then published, um, what they, what they thought would be a good representation of that based on that. So they did, you know, um, run things by me, but it wasn't like I had an active hand in, uh, designing them or stuff like that. So, so that would kind of surprise me <laughs> seeing, you know, okay, they're, there's my mugshot, and um, well, I guess I shouldn't say mugshot when you're running for office. Right. There, there's my mug <laughs> on a on an ad or a flyer or something like that. But um, just in general, were there any surprises um, that you encountered during this whole process? Like, hey, I didn't know that was going to happen, or you know, I didn't know that they were going to pull out that. Uh, prank that I did in the fifth grade yeah. and that was going <laughs> to count against me. <laughs> was there anything like that? Um, no, not, not really. Uh, there were a few things that just like I, because I was fresh to the political game was unaware of some different regulations and rules uh, that I just didn't have an understanding of thoroughly. Um, one of which was something so simple and and kind of petty, even, you know, when you, when you put up a sign for yourself, you have to, um, you have to put on it who paid for it. Well, when I think about it now, it makes perfect sense that that's the case. But when I designed my signs and started putting them up, that didn't click with me and I didn't catch that in the election you know, finance rule book. So there I was going in and uh, putting little stickers that I printed out off one of those Dymo machines or whatever, <laughs> putting little stickers on all my signs all around town after they were already standing and people coming out and what are you doing to the sign? And you know, weird interactions like that that just said, you know, paid for by Ben Smith. Um, so, you know, there were some of those little things. Uh, there was one point where, you know, I knew the Republican Party was going to be putting up a billboard for me. I didn't know exactly when. And I drove by and there I am on the billboard looking down at myself. And it was just kind <laughs> of uh, I mean, it wasn't that it was totally unexpected or anything. It just took me off guard because, hey, there's my face. And uh, the same thing happened one time with a, a newspaper ad. Uh, and then also a newspaper article where I'm on the front page and I'm my wife and I were walking into a restaurant to eat breakfast and we look at the newspaper stand as we're walking by and, oh, I'm on the front page today. That's interesting. Um, so, yeah, there were a couple little things like that with seeing my face and 
not expecting it. But I mean, for the most part, there wasn't anything big. Uh, you know, you talk about the pranks in the fifth grade. Um, I always, you know, when people ask me like, well, you know, we, we want to support you, but do you have anything to hide? Are you hiding it? And fortunately, I mean, I've certainly made mistakes in my life, but you know, there, I don't have a record. I, you know, I don't have any that I know of, you know, real wrongs I've done or, you know, anything to anyone that uh, would cause a major offense or a major scandal or anything like that. So uh, I said, I figured the worst that could happen is I probably have some ex-girlfriends who weren't my biggest fans, but who, you know, who doesn't, I guess. And uh, of course now our listeners are going to go try to dig up dirt on me and they're welcome to, I'm sure if the local media couldn't do it, nobody else can either. But um, yeah, it was just nice that there wasn't those surprises. I knew what I had. I knew who I was and I just tried to be myself and present myself in a, you know, a respectable way. Mm-hmm. So you're knocking on doors. Mm-hmm. You were, uh, what was that like? Cause I mean, I can just remember for some reason I'm getting my channeling my 14 year old self, you know, raising money for band yeah, and having to you know sell hoagies or whatever it was. Uh, I don't think it was hoagies. I think it was just like, sponsorships for a car wash or something really lame a hoagie, a hoagie would have been a lot better um what um what's that like as compared because you know you're not really you're selling yourself i guess but you're selling an idea um was that easier to do than you know maybe something that you would have had to have done in a you know previous life yeah i mean yes and no it was it was good because it was you know it was really humbling you got to meet a lot of different people i got to interact with um you know a lot of dogs of course uh (laughs) so i mean you have the every day when it was time to go out you know you have to kind of play around and figure out what times the majority of people are home so you actually get to connect with them and when you figure out what time you want to go out and you for me every day I thought I don't want to do this today. I've got, you know, other things I want to do. I've got other people who would, would maybe want to sit down and have a have a coffee or a beer or something like that with me and and discuss issues and you know, today I just I'm my legs are tired or something like that. But, you know, the minute I would knock on that first door and talk to that first person, it was just kind of like a re-energizing and um just hey here i am to talk again and here i am to introduce myself again to these to you know these different individuals and so my approach was very simple it was um and i I like to say i can read people okay uh i would basically they would open the door i would hand them my flyer um i would say hi i'm ben i'm running for mayor i'm just going around introducing myself to, to folks and basically you know based on their response to that if they said, okay, thanks, I'll keep that in mind, you know, I knew, okay, they don't really want to talk that much. Um, if they were, oh, okay, well, tell me about yourself, then of course, you know, you're going to have that opportunity. And so, you know, it's really just a game of, of figuring out, do these people want to talk to me? Do these people not want to talk to me? Just be, It took me a while to figure out just because they don't want to talk doesn't mean they just don't necessarily like me. They're, maybe they were just eating dinner or they were busy or something else. And uh, just because they do want to talk to me doesn't mean they're going to vote for me either. So it was, um, you know, it was just, it's, I don't, I don't like to say it's a game, but it's kind of a game of figuring out how to, how to approach different doors and how to approach different people. And, you know, you realize after the, uh, the fifth dog comes to the door that, you know, maybe you should say hi to them about something about their dog. And, you know, you want to relate to people where they are and not be fake. You just want to be yourself, but also, you know, they obviously have an interest in X thing, um, 
therefore maybe I should try to learn something about that so that I can talk to them on, on something they're familiar with. So, uh, you know, my whole approach was not, hi, I'm Ben Smith. I'm running for mayor and I'm going to clean up the city. And I'm going to get rid of all the drugs and I'm going to, it wasn't anything like that. It was just, here's who I am. Here are the ideas I have. Here's my backgrounds. And all only if they actually seemed like they wanted to talk. So it was just very much, here's who I am. Hope you like me. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I I was wondering, um, you know, we, we talk about a lot about, you know, buying ads on Facebook or um, just, there's just a whole different way. I find a lot of introverts, yeah. you know, are podcasters or a lot of introverts are social media types. And we live in that, uh, I was going to say space because that's what you say. That's the word. Right. Uh, we live in that space. Um, but kind of got me thinking okay you've got a business would you ever do something like that door to door or is the whole political thing like that's the only legit way of going door to door for something now a couple instances i think of you know there was a vacuum cleaner salesman that sold uh my wife and i a vacuum cleaner this was 18 years ago almost 18 years ago and now you dare not come to our house and try to sell a vacuum cleaner because, you know, we'll just berate you with snide remarks and, you know, you just kind of don't want that. Um, And then I I think of my brother-in-law who has trained his daughter uh, very well. Uh, There was a a roofer or a gutter salesperson, you know, came to their door and, you know, seven-year-old knows exactly what to say to get the salesperson (laughs) to leave. would you advise anybody who's running a business to go door to door? Or you think that that's just kind of like, eh, it's more of a special thing for a politician. Yeah. I really, I don't know how to, how to answer that a hundred percent because there are people, and obviously we see this proven by the people who do it and continue to do it. There are people who are certainly going to be receptive to that and they're going to want to talk to you. They're going to be interested in your product. Uh, for me, as you know, me personally, if you come to my door and you want to sell something, even if it's something I might be interested in, I just don't, I, that's not how I want to shop. That's not how I want to be involved in a, in a financial transaction. Um, so for me, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's the right opportunity, but I think the other part of that is it seems like those types of jobs, um, and I don't want to be wide sweeping or be you know harsh or anything, but it seems a lot of times like those types of jobs where you're going out cold calling and knocking on doors, um, the individuals who are part of that don't always understand how to read reactions very well. And they don't understand mm-hmm. sometimes that, you know, you don't really want to talk. You have to, uh, and, and many people won't tell you directly, I don't want to talk to you, go away. Uh, so I think, I think if it were me, I wouldn't be doing that because as, as a salesman, because it's not the best use of my time because, you know, those sales are oftentimes few and far between, unless you're, you know, going around selling a newspaper or something like that. Um, those big product investments. So I think a lot of it is, you know, you, you give people the respect that they basically are asking for without asking for it. Um, you know, they're giving you those, those cues of, I want to talk or I don't want to talk. And then you always have something to leave behind with them that, if they literally just open the door and say, hi, get out, you know, or and maybe if, even if it's not rude, um, you still have something for them to, to look at. Right. So Ben, yeah, it's election day, 
2017 and you've gone door to door. You have talked to lots of people, lots of media types. You've spread your ideas far and wide around the the city of Butler, Pennsylvania. Election night rolls around. Our audience is in suspense because they have not Googled whether you won the election or not. What <laughs> happens? Uh, so going into election day, I mean, we'd had uh, debates and we'd had uh, uh, other types of meetups or articles in the paper or whatever, where, you know, we certainly knew people knew kind of where we were coming from. But going into the election day, I was not real certain what how things were going to go. I mean, part of what we didn't mention was that the individual I, I beat, the incumbent in the primary, was also running a write-in campaign uh, to try to pull votes from me and, and maybe to try and win. But certainly they thought it would pull votes from me since it was the same party. And the individual who was on the other ticket, who I was opposing on the ballot, uh, you know, has lived in this town for uh, over 20 years. I want to say 22 years, but I might be wrong on that. But for a long time and has a lot of friends and a lot of history here. And I understood that, you know, I don't know if there, there's not exactly a ton of polls or anything. I don't know if I have the support, but I knew that I had done. Uh, it was kind of nice because the, the morning when I woke up uh, for Election Day, I knew that I had done everything in my power to make sure that I got out to the most amount of voters. I went out and and met with the right people. I had been planning, you know, working on plans for a year or more that I could, you know, institute if I got elected the day after election day. And so going into it, it was just like, well, here it is. Here's the big day. I got all my poll workers lined up. Let's just go have fun at the polls. Let's go talk to people. Let's interact with people. And, uh, you know, all, almost all the nervousness for me at least subsided um, because it was just, you know, it was kind of that at peace feeling of, okay, I did what I could do, and now here are the results, and we'll see how it goes. And what happened? Well, I won. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess that's the fastest, easiest way to say it. Um, I won, and uh, it was just, you know, it was a great feeling. There were a lot of people at my business who had come, whether by invitation or because they wanted to celebrate, and went back and celebrated with all them. And um, it, it was nice because... And I really expected it to either be a very close race or for myself to lose in a landslide uh, is what I expected. I expected it to, you know, the results to be very close um, or to just get embarrassed, basically. And fortunately for me, uh, you know, the, the city spoke quite decisively. Uh, I was able to, to pull off a victory of about 60 percent to 35 percent and with the other 5 percent going to the right end candidate. And uh, it was kind of again, humbling, uh, you know, most people would think that would make you um, proud or get, get puffed up. And for me, it was like a very humbling moment because I couldn't, I couldn't believe that that many people came out and, you know, cl clicked the box beside my name um, because they wanted me. And certainly you're going to have some people who are going to vote for a party no matter what, but the, you know, the actual number of straight party ticket voters was pretty you know, what I considered low in comparison to my overall vote count. So it was just a really cool feeling uh, to know that people wanted to get out there and wanted to, um, to support me. And, 
I even had a video the week before to try to rally that kind of idea of I support Ben mm-hmm. um, with, a, with a variety of community members. And uh, it, I think it resonated as well with a lot of people. So um, it was it was humbling as kind of the only way I know how to say it. Yeah, it was fun to watch uh, from a distance just to see the the different um, interactions. I, I was watching closely on social media. Um, felt like you're a little fanboy <laughs> 500 miles away but um so now you're you're in this uh little interim stage where you are the mayor elect which may be the only time you are the mayor elect cuz if you win in the future you're still the mayor right um so uh you know it's not like uh the big national campaigns where you know you have the office of the president elect or something like that you you, here you are you're in this in-between stage how has life changed just in this last week yeah uh so yeah so it's only been six days and um so the election was on tuesday i woke up wednesday to about nine billion notifications on my phone whether it's congratulations or hey we need this or whatever the case was and, uh, you know, immediately that morning when I woke up, got a call from one of the departments. Hey, we have a big issue. We need you here. You're going to be making a decision on this in the future. We know you're not mayor yet, but we have to answer you in the future. And then, you know, it, that kind of thing did not stop for at least, well, that the rest of that week. And uh, today is, we're recording this on Monday. And to date, that still hasn't stopped. I've you know, still been meeting with people over both um, ideas they have for the city and you know, mostly just meeting with uh, individuals who are city employees or city uh, somehow vested in the city. And um, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because I'm not yet the mayor and I don't actually have any decision authority or uh, anything like that, but I'm still being asked to make those types of decisions and being asked to be present for those conversations where people can, you know, come to me with their thoughts and their ideas and stuff like that. So I guess my life has changed in the sense that I, um, I've always been very organized and kept the calendar, but my calendar is like on point right now, because if it's not, I know I'm going to miss something or let it (laughs) slip by. Um, and you know, I've still been the the mayor in, in this town is, um, it's a part-time position. And it is, uh, you know, it can easily turn into as much or as little as, as someone makes it. Um, but I do also have the, the business that I run to take care of. I have another business that we're opening uh, to, to take care of. Um, I have my family, of course, which, you know, you don't want to let slide by. And, uh, you know, I've got church and friends and, you know, all the normal things in life plus this new venture. So um, it's going to be interesting over the next, probably it'll take me a good six months to really settle into um, what I can do in each different area of my life. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing that kind of balance out. And I don't expect it to ever ever be, you know, slow, um, but I certainly expect it to kind of um, have a little more balance. Well, it's very cool uh, to say that, well, my my little cousin, uh, my friend and uh, podcast co-host is now an elected official. Well, he'll, he'll soon be an elected official. He's elected. Yeah. And uh, I'm very proud of what what has happened and all the effort that you've put into it. So um, I know we don't talk about the present very often, but uh, this week has definitely been uh, a special time 
uh, for you. And I just want to congratulate you here publicly. And I want to invite our uh, podcast audience to offer their congratulations to Ben uh, and their best wishes. Uh, you can do that on any of our social media channels, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, who knows, maybe you can be famous just like Ben <laughs> and run for mayor in your town. Uh, you know how to do it now. I'm sure it varies from state to state and even uh, county to county perhaps, but um Getting involved in your local government is something that a lot of people don't even give any thought about. They think about elections once every four years, but there are elections that happen on odd number years. And uh, when um, Congress is not being a new Congress is not being elected, um, there are elections happening and important uh, decisions are being made. So this is your invitation to get involved and like Ben. Yeah, it's one of the coolest experiences uh, that you'll probably ever encounter, no matter the size of your town. I mean, um, you know, there's certainly uh, no fame or money or power that's going to come along with this position, but the, you know, the knowledge that you will have an impact um, because of what you do is really rewarding and, and also really a, a high gravity situation um, where you're encountering a lot of uh, a lot of things that just need some fixing so yeah i would encourage everybody to get involved even if it's just by making sure you're at the voting booth every time you have the opportunity that goes a long way go to your city council meetings go to you know the local um organizations in your town that do benefits and and just be involved somehow rather than just kind of sitting back and and complaining yeah and it was really cool just to see how um, you would have opposing parties that could be civil uh, with each other. Yeah, that was probably one of my favorite parts of watching this election. Is that, uh, yeah, the uh, the the lady who uh, did not win the election um, dealt with defeat in a very classy way, and um, Ben, you dealt with victory in a very classy way. And it's good to see that. It was good to see uh, people rally together for the good of uh, your city. I agree. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. You know what? I think I would, you know, as a congratulatory gift to me, folks, what you could really do <laughs> <laughs> to, to make me feel good is to head over to our social media channels and find a link that talks something about one of our ugly Christmas sweater t-shirts. And yes, we are going to make a little bit of profit, but we usually turn around and put all of our money back into this podcast. So, um, you know, not too much, but we do want to see you decked out in our presidential ugly Christmas sweaters t-shirts because they are the coolest and we think you'll enjoy them. We've got some crazy ones uh, that we'll be announcing very soon that are coming. And uh, there's a couple that I just really have to get my hands on. Yeah, definitely. And uh, get your hands on your phone and leave us a rating and review in iTunes. And we promise we still do happy dances. And even the mayor-elect over here, he's not uh, hes not past that. Oh, I'm not about excited. happy dance. No, not at all. Yeah. So we will see you next time when we delve back into history. 